0: hi everyone um it's your host back again referral and i am joined by none other than valentine oh i'm sorry uh valentine is not with us today now is he ed
1: oh no the man is not there Mm -hmm. the man man is out in the bushes
0: (laughs) (laughs) he's one with nature (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah um he's, he's he's taken a very interesting trip he's in bloo and he's at the Portress hackathon um, so he's there attending that and seeing what people are building there very interesting I we might end up diving into hackathons if I if I have my way <laughs> in
1: <laughs> but I know I know let's let's stick to schedules
0: um, so today we're going to be talking about um, Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin being this thing that came into the world and shocked people and some people were happy, some people cried. So we'll talk about what's going on there. And then we'll also talk about, is technology now creepy? Um, so, you know, tech has been advancing and there's some weird things that are going on where people are like, okay, I think I'm not comfortable with this. And then the last thing that we'll get to um talk about is um hey, what is it by the way ed we're
1: going to be talking about pictures and cameras and uh, seeing how those how you see those
0: yeah all right um so let's get into it uh, bitcoin uh hey, you know Like we once did a series on Bitcoin in 2017 and I was the one explaining what Bitcoin is. But whenever someone asks me, I I was kind of like struggle sometimes to like, I kind of get what it is in the sense that it's virtual money, right? So you've got, and then that comes the question, what is money? Um, So money is just, would they say it's a form of of trade or what? How, How would you describe money yet?
1: yeah i think I'm, i think money that's what it is it's it's a means of trade or a means of payment Like it's, yeah so mm-hmm. it's a tool you use to to either buy or sell stuff
0: yeah so we both have a piece of paper and i write it Rufaro dollars and then i say this paper is worth um so much and i can give you that paper in exchange for you know you using your video skills you know to shoot uh, my famous adventure into the jungle in some other place. I don't know. <laughs> I don't go out much. Okay. Um, but like, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so that would be money in essence. And money nowadays, before it used to be backed by gold. So that's where it derived its value from. So th- this specifically being the United States dollars, because that's um, one of the major currencies in the world, right? So you had a vote somewhere and you had um, gold in there and then you printed paper and you said, okay, this paper is worth so much because we currently have this much in gold reserves, right? And then people then exchanged that paper and everything was fine, it it was cool. And then this changed in, I believe 1970, I think. Um, Don't quote me there, but it changed some way and um, the United States dollars was no longer backed by gold. So it was now uh, just about belief in the system and in the government to be like, okay, um, this thing has value because people trust um, the government. And it's kind of like the same thing now with Bitcoin in that it's not exactly backed by anything that's scarce like gold. It's just there and we give it value based on um, the demand and supply. And also that's the other thing that it's scarce as well. So there'll only be ever be so much Bitcoin in the world. And because of that, it's a rare thing. So it has value. <sighs> did I did I manage to say that um, correctly, Ed, or was I now just having people sleep?
1: Oh yeah, I think that's <laughs> I think that's a that's a cool summary. Hey, that's a cool summary from like where money started, conception of money, to a point where we relate that to Bitcoin. But the interesting thing about it is, of late, that has kept a lot of people excited, including Zimbos. Apparently, is the fact that somehow you can trade it and it gains value, or it loses value, or something, and then you can you can buy it at a pro- you can buy it whilst it's at a low point, then sell it at a profit sometime in the future. So I think that's the most exciting part of. How, how does that work and, and why does it work that way?
0: <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and now that you've mentioned um, Zim, like before it was a really cool thing because you could actually um, buy Bitcoin using your local currency. So you could actually have it be like a store of value because the local currency was um, degrading. But now it's, it's a bit harder to, to buy it with, because you now have to get the foreign currency um for you to actually um get some bitcoin now to that interesting thing so i first got into bitcoin when was it i think I was 2017 and at that time um bought some because you know this was happening this whole craze of bitcoin was now in zoom and we're like okay what's this thing okay let's buy some bots up and you'd see price going up. So it was like 10K, 11, 12. And I think it peaked at, at what, 17,
1: 19? It actually peaked at 22,000 per oh. coin the last time I checked. Yeah, like it got that high and it got predicted that, hey, this thing's gonna reach like a 100,000 in like the next three months. Mm. Uh, sadly, that didn't happen, but yeah, it got it, like the value of a single coin of Bitcoin yeah, it shot up pretty dramatically in 2017.
0: So so, so, why is that happening? Like the question that you're asking to be like, okay, so how's this working? Like, how can I buy something today? It's worth um, $10 and then a few months down the line, it's now
1: $100. Well, it does revolve on the concept you had mentioned earlier of like supply and demand and the fact that, the amount of bitcoins that are in circulation are, are finite, and also the big one trust in the system. <laughs> so, so you see, how is the, the system, the thing yeah, that's the thing. Now, I actually don't know exactly how the system is trustable, but what I noticed is the more mainstream brands start using a certain system, the more that system is trusted because people will be like, Hey. Uh, Amazon, well, Amazon doesn't accept Bitcoin, but let's say b it accepts Bitcoin. Uh, Microsoft accepts Bitcoin. Google uh, accepts Bitcoin. And at some point, hey, TechZim accepts Bitcoin. I respect all of these guys because I assume they know what they're doing. So I'm actually going to look for some of this Bitcoin so that I can use it on these platforms, you know. So it's, it's um, I think, from my own understanding, which might be a noob's understanding. Um, Trust comes from the respect you have for other entities or other people participating within that system.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, So for most people, that is where the trust will mainly come from, are other people that I know using it. If so, then yes, I will trust this thing. And the more people trust it, the more people use it the more valuable it becomes. Um, but then from like a technical um, point of view, it's also trustable in the sense that there is that whole transparency idea. So you can kind of see like what's going on in terms of transactions um, that include um, Bitcoin. Unlike, for example, with money, you might not be able to tell how the books are working in a bank You just know that you have an account there, uh, but you don't have full transparency all the time of what's going on in the system. So that's where issues of manipulation and corruption then come in, which could then affect the value of a currency and things like that. But with uh, Bitcoin and the blockchain, all those things are not like issues, like corruption is not an issue because things fall in line one transaction after another you can't come in and put in something in between uh two transactions that did not exist before so people love it as well for that like from a technical side they're like okay this is a good thing um, because it's um it's transparent and secure in that sense as well so have you actually bought any bitcoin yet or you don't trust it like I guess that's where the <laughs> that's where my question is: Is this all then just a phase that's coming? Because I saw this headline of an article that was saying uh, Bitcoin is projected to reach was it three hundred fifty thousand, and I was like, "Wait, are you saying if I buy a thousand dollars right now, it's going to be worth like way, way, way more than what I'm even able to see right now?" Um, or is that just a, a, a scam? I guess that would be the other word. Like, <laughs> is this is Bitcoin a scam? If I because it, it sounds like a scam, right? Like give us a bit of money. You're not giving anyone, but like you're saying own some Bitcoin and you could become wealthier in the future, assuming all the terms and conditions um, are met.
1: Yeah, yeah. So 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 to answer your first question, yes, I did buy Bitcoin. In fact, I I bought it around the same time that you bought your Bitcoin. But the initial amount of Bitcoin that I got was actually uh you know like sample money like you 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 attend a Bitcoin event and mm-hmm. they say, "Hey, this is how it works," and they send you money. They they like they ask you to create an account, and then after you create a, an account, they send you some money in that account in the form of Bitcoin. So that's how I got my first uh, Bitcoin. It was given to me. And not a fool. Uh, then I then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> then I just bought a couple more, just you know, trying because like, I could see the trends, I could see the graphs. the graphs were rising, so I was like, eh, okay, I don't need 10 bucks right now. I'll just put it there, and then just see what happens. And total amount that I put in Bitcoin was, I think, uh, 25 bucks. I think it was 25 bucks. Um, but then that was like around February, March of 2017, when we got to like exactly this time, uh, end of November, beginning of December in 2017, it had gone all the way to like 120 bucks from like 25. And I was like, oh, wow. or um, well, might just, if it could rise mm. by that much from such a low, I just thought maybe it can fall as much as well. So yeah, I waited for it to get to a point where I was like, yeah, I think I can get what I want with this right now. It's enough. And yeah, I bought myself some, some headphones with it. So, so everyone who sees me from that time would be like, hey, Bitcoin is the stuff, Bitcoin it'll, it'll fire, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of it being um, a scam, so there were now people starting to buy at that time when the price of Bitcoin was already high. And these guys that were buying didn't get much out of it because soon after, like end of December, beginning of January, it started falling again. And all those people will be like, ah, I've lost my money because when I put my money in this thing, uh, it was so much, but now it's less. So this thing should be a scam. And I think it comes from the approach that people had at the time, or maybe even up to now still have of the cryptocurrency of Bitcoin. Uh, It's not really a money-making thing in that sense, where you just put your money in and it multiplies and you take it out in the end, because it's such a volatile thing to the point where you can win big or you can lose big. But if we were to look at like, the graphs over several years, the graph is steadily rising. So it might work for you in the long term. And it's also helped by the fact that more and more of these trusted entities are now accepting it as a form of payment. And in some countries, some financial institutions are actually now looking into the technology behind Bitcoin to use it in their own systems. I know the Central Bank of China is one of those uh, such banks that are working on a blockchain based uh, banking system. So um, for to me, it kind of shows that the technology behind it is really cool and there is a future in it if such big corporations uh, see value in it. Um, there might not be as bright a future for the cryptocurrency called bitcoin maybe there are other cryptocurrencies that are gonna be globally accepted that work better with these financial institutions other than uh, bitcoin because like uh, speaking from the technical side of things uh, processing transactions on on the blockchain with bitcoin is very inefficient you lose a lot of money by sending money so mm-hmm. um so it doesn't it's not going to be the most favorable option the the most favorable version of a cryptocurrency there are now a lot more efficient cryptocurrencies that are out there albeit they're less popular but they are more efficient and pretty sure if more financial institutions start jumping into the technology and jumping and creating their own forms of digital currency i mean already most of the people in zim are now so used to digital currency because of like mobile money and like uh, USSD payments. So it's not going to be a heavy transition to, hey, you don't need to, you can go to an ATM, but instead of like getting money in your hand, you just tap your phone and money gets into your phone. But probably you won't need to because your bank is already in your phone. So you just go and tap at a supermarket to buy whatever you want using this cryptocurrency. So uh, it being a scam, no, I don't think it is a scam. I just think that uh, individuals trying to manipulate the system, or not manipulate per se, but trying to earn profit from the system will, will influence other people who don't really understand it. And when those that don't understand it crash and burn, they will then assume that it's a scam when it's when it's actually not intended for that purpose in the first place
0: huh. so something interesting that you actually brought up was how this relates to to zoom because i was now like okay so i'm here i'm home you know how's this going to come back um to me how would it impact me um like what you're saying we were talking made about like the international stuff you know the amazons and the stuff the financial institutions retired a bit on on, on on B forward which could actually become you know a thing to play because its to supply from B forward uh, a lot of cars. Um, mm. so, so so yeah uh, it's cool that you actually see and uh, believe that um, cryptos can have a place in Zoom um, and actually be uh, useful here.
1: Oh yeah, um, yeah. Because like uh, in Zim, in Zim, as much as the the crypto side of things has been introduced in what I would assume the wrong manner, um, it's made a lot of Zimbos aware that there is something called crypto, and at least and a good number of them tried to understand what it is and how it actually works. So. I mean, back in 2017, cryptos were so big to the point where an exchange for cryptocurrency was actually in ZIM, and um, and people could buy, could could deposit their USDs into like this exchange and get cryptos in return, and vice versa, you could uh, sell your crypto and get your money in like hard cash. Um, But yeah, unfortunately, several factors uh, led to its demise. Um, USDs just started being tough to come by in the system. Um, And also, um, yeah, the central bank was not a fan of cryptocurrencies. So they decided banks should not interact with these cryptocurrency exchanges. And, And so, yeah, it didn't really work out at the time, but um, it did make a lot of people very aware of what cryptos are and how they can use them. So, so for example, a lot, of, a lot of the people that had been using cryptos in that time, in that period, I think up to like last year, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of people were using cryptos in form of remittances. So there were now some companies that are offering remittance services using cryptos. I could could send money from let's say South Africa to my squad in Zim using cryptos. And instead of them receiving it as cryptos, they could just go to this designated point and be given the equivalent in cash. So those are some of the services that we're now, that we're now emerging in Zim, that we're taking advantage of these cryptocurrencies. Since you couldn't just move cash around anymore, you could just use crypto.
0: Well, I hope that um, the future will stay bright um, in terms of cryptos. Like, it's always exciting when something new comes up and you're like, okay, what's this new technology? Um, how is it going to impact my life? Is it going to make it more convenient to transact or uh, to just go about my day-to-day life? As, as far as me, yeah, I, I also bought some crypto, still have some, uh, and it was very exciting when I opened my wallet and I saw the 35 or something dollars that I had, it was now like 75. And I'm like, what, it just doubled? And I'm like, how did this happen? Uh, so that was like exciting. Now I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the camp that you're in, I'm waiting for it to reach a certain value. And then sell so, because <laughs> I secretly think this is just a, a temporary increase. Um, and then like, this is just a layman's point of view, no analysis or anything into it, um, but it might just go down. And also that thing of, I don't use cryptos on a day to day. So it's like, if I'm keeping, I'm just keeping for the sake of speculation of, okay, it might increase in value and someday. So this might be some form of investment. Uh, but other than that, uh, uh, no use for them. Which is why I really hope, like things, will can of change. Uh, locally, we uh, we are not like shying away from the newer things that are that are coming up in the world, but we are adopting them and uh, and innovating around them. And you always see this everywhere, like you not know, just with cryptos but like with a I could go on a rant about how for some reason Zimbabwe just is behind and it's behind for all the wrong reasons it would you could just adopt this thing that just came up and be at the same level as literally your neighbor uh, South Africa or which other African country but eh, that's a, that's a rant for another day <laughs> um, so yeah so uh, i think as far as cryptos um that's about it. um just wanted to have a uh, catch up and a discussion of what's going on now and um we're always you know keen to hear your questions or uh, what your thoughts on anything that we discuss. discussed so yeah hit us up uh, twitter is at takes um just tweet us there and we'll definitely respond now, Bitcoin is a new technology, uh, and there are other new technologies that are also coming up in the world. Some of them people just say, hey, this is a bit too far in terms of what technology is doing. And in other cases, you know, it's, it's one of the weirdest things that people say, okay, this is too much. So, for example, a friend of ours, Tinasha, right, was going like, the fact that your phone is Knows when to stop to charge itself. I think. Uh, hey, mm-hmm. I've, I'm paraphrasing here, so forgive me <laughs> if I if I say things um, inaccurately. Um, but like, yeah, and he was like, "No, that's I don't want that. Like, that's just that's just too much. Like, and you had your reasons of why that's actually a good thing.
1: Oh yeah. I definitely had my reasons. So, so uh, I was so as you were saying it, I was trying to remember w- how the conversation started. Uh, very unsuccessful in that <laughs> endeavor, but um, <laughs> but yeah, like there is that. Uh, I mean, the buzzword is AI. So, in a lot of uh, devices that are being released right now, especially in the smartphone industry, there's just been this boom in hey AI, this AI, that. And um, it's led to some interesting things that you're able to do with your standard smartphone that probably you couldn't do that well before. So some of them is um, allowing your user interface to just be more powerful in terms of how it manages the processes and operations on your phone. And one of them is charging. So at that time, well, actually right now, because I still have the phone, so, so the phone is actually a Huawei P30 Pro. And so it, just, it doesn't charge whenever it is that I connect it to the charger unless if it's lower than a specific uh, uh, percentage. So for example, if my battery is like at 5%, it's going to charge definitely. But it won't charge all the way to 100% up until it's now a certain time. So for example, if it's now 5 a.m., that's when it decides to charge from 90% to a hundred. And whatever you try to do in between that timeframe, it'll show you the charging icon for like 10 seconds and then it will switch off. And the, the most interesting one is I also got my bay a Huawei Mate 10, a Mate 10. Yes. The standard Mate 10. Mm-hmm. And like three days in she sends me a message and she's like, dude, I think, it, I think the phone is dead. I'm like, why? What do you mean it's dead? And she's like, no, it's not charging. I'm connecting it on the charger. And then she sent me a screen recording. So she connects the charger. It shows it's the charging animation, lightning bolt. And then like five seconds, 10 seconds later, it just turns off. And then I looked at the battery percentage. I'm like, no, don't worry. It's fine. It's trying to protect your battery. <laughs> so because like the thing about batteries in general is, they're at their most unstable state when they're close to full or close to empty. When they're in the middle there from like 30% to like 70%, that's when they're at their, I would say relatively their most stable. So if, if you maintain your battery in that range, it makes it last longer in terms of battery degradation. So degradation just being the amount of, power that your battery can store over time so that graph kind of reduces from when the battery was new to whatever time you're going to have the battery um, or the phone so to prolong that life uh, phones are starting to use artificial intelligence to monitor when you use your phone and when you don't use it so that that? it it don't
0: that sounds creepy Ed. <laughs> like it 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 knows what time I, w- I, I wake up it knows what time I go for my daily walk it knows what time I, I'm eating sleeping so it's like oh okay he's about to wake up <laughs>
1: let's charge from 90 to 100% let's start charge he's about you to you know <laughs> No no but it's but it, there are some conveniences that come to it especially for stuff that you do on routine so for example you know that hey every day at this time, I want to be doing this or every day at that time, I want to be doing this. And yeah, like instead of manually doing all of those things. So for example, if you're a person who likes gaming on their commute from like work to your home, um, you're gonna be, you're getting into that commuter and then you'll start optimizing your phone for gaming for the best experience. What if your phone could just guess that and just do it for you? You know like one less thing to worry about it's already done it before you're in the combi you get more time to jam your games so um, so, so yeah it a is very niche example but yeah
0: <laughs> so i get what you're saying like there's a level of convenience to it but i think the worry that people then have is so what else is it doing um so if even like with the digital systems Like they're always listening, right? So that when you say the magical keywords, right, they then um, understand that, okay, this is intended for me. What about all the other times that I'm not saying the magical keyword, but I'm talking, I'm having a conversation with someone. So you've heard those cases of, literally I pick up the phone, we talk about pizza. And then the next thing I am on Twitter and I see a pizza ad um, from Joey's and I'm like, okay, Joey's like, I know your pizza is good, But like, I did not expect this ad to come up now, especially just after talking about it. Interestingly, this happens actually, now that we've talked about it. (laughs) Um, But that to be like, okay, uh, is that all they're now just doing? You know, just guessing um, or trying to make my life convenient in terms of just um, the daily stuff I do? Or they then go way beyond that to like if i'm sleeping right they start to then listen mm. to does this guy snore? what times does he snore? okay does he fit it a lot in his bed um okay how many times does he turn to the left or to the right all these things
1: and the next thing you know
0: I, I, yeah that's now pretty much like someone's looking
1: You're now at, getting recommendations
0: <laughs> yeah to be like okay y- here's this pillow that's better because we've noticed that you know you yeah like things like that To like is that all they're just doing or they're getting too much data and then the question then becomes so what do they
1: then do with
0: that data uh um yeah
1: mm. so like well i think before i answer that i'll just put like a big orange speculation zone banner because most of the stuff that's going to come after this is, yeah, it's pure speculation. <laughs> but um, so in terms of um, how much is too much, I guess that now depends on um, a person's preferences now. Uh, so, uh, for example, I don't think I'll get a smart pillow. Eh? I don't think we're doing that. No, that, that's too far uh, for smart you. Smart watch, yes, <laughs> yeah. You know, for me, that might be that might be too far. You know, and anything can be smart right now. Like because of COVID, some people are working on 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 like smart masks. So mm-hmm. um, there is a certain ex- a certain point where anyone will just say this is now where I draw the line. I don't go beyond this because now it's creepy. So for some, it's hey. I don't even want my phone to guess anything. I, I want to tell it what I want and end it there, you know? And then there's some people who are like, I don't mind a bit more convenience. I mean, um, yeah, you can Fano, heat up my car before I get in in winter and, uh, you know, turn on my heating at home uh, just when I'm about to get home so that when I get in, everything is nice and cozy, like, there is some people who prefer um, that level of automation, but um, and and it does have its pros and cons. Uh, in the sense that day, de- in the sense of data collection, there is data that is being collected, and at times you just have to kind of trust the guys that um, the guys that uh, what do you do that do consumer I don't know consumer assessment consumer protection, mm-hmm. something like that. I think, I think I'll say consumer protection, not just sure of the exact bodies, but to trust them in that when they do test these devices and their capabilities, they're also taking that into account as to how much data are corporates allowed to collect from their consumers. But then also we have a problem of not liking to read terms and conditions <laughs> and- Hey, they're too long. <laughs> I mean, yes, I understand they're too long, but here's the thing. Uh, personally, I have read enough of them to understand, like there is there's now a pattern. It's like um, every company, especially if it's the same category of products. So category being, if you're reading terms and conditions for tech stuff, gadgets, electronics and whatnot, if you read enough of those terms and conditions, they all look the same, hey, eh? except for one or two sections. So now, just a matter of just looking for those one or two sections and checking out what exactly they're saying. But otherwise, the rest is the rest is usually pretty much the same stuff. So so yeah, I I read those things, but like a lot of people end up having their data being uh, collected and used by these corporate uh, because they they press yes. They the guys asked, "Hey, we're gonna be needing this data to do A, B, C, and D. Uh, do you accept?" But because it was point number 43 on page 12 or in paragraph I don't know 16, you never got there. And but then the yeah. thing is,
0: I want to use uh, the the device or the application or whatever. So in that moment, whatever you ask me, you you kind of know I'm going to say <laughs> yes because you know that you're putting friction in front of me. You're asking me this question. And sometimes it might not be even related to the feature I want to use. Um, so I just be like, yes, mm. just get out of my way, okay? I've got something that I need <laughs> to do. Which is what I kind of like um, with the newer versions of Android. And I noticed it on mm. my, my phone in that when I open an app, everything's by default off, right? Only when I want to use, for example, if I'm in WhatsApp and then I go to the statuses and I want to take a picture. If I had not given WhatsApp the permission, that's when it would then ask me to say like, okay, WhatsApp would like permission to use your camera. Or if it was location, yes, this app would like access to your location. When I am trying to use a feature that uses that um, particular level of access. Um, So I think that also Mm -hmm. could be done better to be like, instead of it having be a yes by default, um, have it be a no and I then have to deliberately either find a way to say yes or interact with a feature that then access me in a deliberate and contextual manner that, hey, you want to use something that requires the camera. We don't have access to your camera. So can you give us access to it?
1: Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think that's the best approach. Actually, everything is off, and it's only on when you need it. Because you'll find out there are some people that have never uh, that have never uploaded a status on WhatsApp, which means effectively they've never probably they've never used their camera in WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. So, such a person, it would be unfair for them to just have their camera turned on by default. Um, but but yeah, like it's it's still it's still kind of tricky for the corporates as well who want the data for one reason or the other, because it now it just means the data gathering process uh, becomes a bit slower. But hey, the corporates don't matter; it's the user that matters, the consumer. So, so yeah, I think putting the consumer first is cool. Um, because there's one thing that I noticed. Um, I only noticed it on Huawei devices. I don't know if it's on other devices as well. But even if you, like, open an app, they are, like, um, I, I would call them sub-app sub, sub app terms and conditions. So, like, there is the full list of terms and conditions when you launch the app the first time. Um, but then whilst you're inside, if you try to access some features that um need special permissions again it starts popping up those um terms and conditions that are specific to that feature so i think that's another cool approach of doing it on top of the way android has been doing it on on android devices but the interesting one for me was like um because ai is also one of the um, uh use cases It's, it's actually one of the results of algorithms i think uh Mm Rafaro, am I correct (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so I was watching this interview man I don't remember the show but I know it's on Netflix um and this guy had Obama on it and interviewing him like well after he has been after he had been president already like when he had left office and he was like ah dude what do you think how do you think social media is like shaping the way politics is done and, and Obama's, Obama's comment was a pretty interesting one where he was just saying, well, the problem is this world is now getting to a point where the internet is being run on algorithms. And because of that, uh, people start living in bubbles because the whole thing of AI analyzing your habits means AI is gonna force you into this tech bubble of the stuff that it thinks you are interested in, the stuff that it learns that you're interested in. And it kind of blocks out new experiences that you may not have been interested in because you haven't discovered them yet. And it's it's probably what I see as one of the biggest downsides when it comes to artificial intelligence in the fact that um, I don't think it's at a point where it can efficiently, I would say, uh, get you discovering new things that you've never experienced before that you would want to experience that you would enjoy if you had experienced them so eh, give and takes give and takes there is convenience but it comes at a cost
0: (laughs) yeah well yeah um that is true Uh, i was just thinking about this that's that story um of you know you go to a hotel or wherever they ask you for your favorite song and then you tell them and then next time you come again, like next year, whatever, they play that favorite song as you get into the room and then it could even go crazy. Um, like, you know, they start to warm up your coffee and things like that because uh, they now know, okay. Um, he likes to drink coffee at this time when he comes back to his room. So yeah, there are, um, trade-offs and, uh, There are benefits. Um, The ones about opinions that you mentioned is, yeah, it's very critical because filter bubbles are dangerous, eh? Like, you just now talk in one view because that's all you know, because that's all the machines are feeding you. So it could actually be brainwashing in a way. Um, But, eh,
1: yeah, eh, AI- Don't uh, freak out, don't freak out. It's not completely brainwashing. (laughs) yeah but yeah i totally get you i totally get you
0: well let's 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 see um where it goes i mean um i don't know what the well, what what everyone else thinks like do you guys um think that um ai is bad or it's good uh or where's your breaking point as well um is it like ed hey, eh, if it's now coming to pillows and stuff no 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 um, stay very far away, and yeah, let us know your thoughts. Um, one of the things, though, uh, that AI has done really well, you you should commend me of how I really do uh, my best, you know, to connect the dots between the these different topics. No, but this <laughs> one is actually true, you know, like AI has yeah. now been used in um, smartphone photography as a really like impressive level where you have for example the google pixel phones which only had one camera for the longest time uh, producing one of if not the best photographs uh, on a smartphone and they were doing it by um, essentially smart um, algorithms and computations Um, and that's like AI being used in a really wonderful way, which is not creepy, like what we're talking about. So this then leads us to that, like photographs, like I just mentioned one of the best, but then that question then comes comes up, well, how do we define best? Like, uh, yeah, how do we define best?
1: It's a, <laughs> it's a very subjective one, hey, because everyone has a preference when it comes to like the look, I think that's why like we have so many in terms of like proper full frame digital cameras. That's why like we have a variety of brands and all these variety of brands have what they call their own look. And, and I guess it depends on the user as well. Um, a, lot of, a lot of smartphones come with, they take photos really differently. Like all the photos will look good Uh, But if you are to put all the photos side by side, you'll see that one smartphone focuses on a certain aspect of the image better than or more than the other. And so people just end up picking a preference. But um, yeah, like uh, what's your preference? What's your preference when it comes to smartphone cameras?
0: So uh, I think for me, it's the more natural it looks. Um, the more I like it like the closer it is to what my eye is seeing when I'm looking at whatever's in front of me yeah that's that's mm. it for me the more it looks edited or it looks uh it looks like edited yes I think that's 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 the word like the red is just a little bit too red I'm just like okay this <laughs> this my eye is not seeing the red like this like What's going on?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So that's my preference. Like, it has to come out and be realistic and not look like a, f- a, f- a fake thing. I'm trying to look for the right words. Um,
1: but yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Like, it's it's altered. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. Uh, so yeah, so that's my but the natural, the better.
1: And that's that's the interesting bit, because I think... That's one of the two biggest like categories of people when it comes to uh, preference on on like the image style. So there's people who like it pretty natural. They want a camera to take a picture that looks as close to what they're seeing as possible. And then there's some people that just love a great looking photo. Like um, even if it means making what I'm seeing look a little bit better. So maybe let's make the sky a little bit bluer than it actually is because that looks nicer. Or let's make the plants a little bit greener than they are because it looks nicer. And it, can, it is kind of what, um, what then makes it difficult for someone to say, this is the best smartphone camera. So there's a lot of debate. Hey, iPhone has the best camera. Some say um, um, Samsung is the best camera. Some say Huawei has the best camera. And I prefer Huawei, but anyways. <laughs> hey, dude, is, uh, there, is there like, anything
0: that you don't prefer Huawei for?
1: Um, uh, so far, no. So far, no. Yes, yeah, so far, no. Okay, there's one thing, actually. So the new Huawei's from like the... Okay, tangent here, but <laughs> I promise I'll be quick. <laughs> so I think it's from the Mate 30 series going onwards. They now they have a dual SIM version, but the dual SIM has one physical SIM and one eSIM. So because the, te- the eSIM technology, I feel is still very far off, it's kind of a bummer. So basically you'll buy a dual SIM phone but in actual fact, it's a simple SIM, SIM because, yeah. because you can't get the eSIM in that area. So, so that's number one. And then number two is from literally, actually from the Mate 20 Pro, they introduced this and Huawei NM card, their own standard for like an, a memory card. So same exact size as a nano SIM card and you can't find them anywhere unless if you're like in China or probably in Europe. I think. But like here in Africa, I have not seen one anywhere. I think if I wanted to buy one, I would have to order one. So those are the only two things I would say uh, wally killed it for a brother. But otherwise, yeah, nothing. They're, they're all right. They're all right. <laughs> uh, t- back to the main road. <laughs> OK, so back to the. <laughs> Back to the main road. So one thing I noticed about these three brands when it comes to them taking photos is um, iPhones usually try and the image look as realistic as possible. So as close to natural as it can be. And then Samsung used to be king of saturating pictures. So Samsung pictures used to always look like really vibrant, like extra vibrant from what you're seeing. I think they got to a point where they kind of toned it down uh, to a point. And then with Huawei for the longest time, they were in the middle there. They weren't the most natural. They weren't producing the most natural looking photos, but they were also not as vibrant as Samsung. Um, but like, apart from just the colors, there is also a lot that goes into um, a good image from a smartphone nowadays, especially with how powerful these cameras and the processors are because you start getting um, stuff like dynamic range, which is basically how, how well your camera can differentiate the dark parts of an image from the bright parts. So like before things got really advanced in this space, a lot of cameras would choose one thing They would choose to focus on the bright thing and then whatever it is that's dark would be completely black, completely invisible. Or the camera would choose to focus on something that's in the darker side of the picture. And that would come out all right, but everything that's bright would be so blown out that there is no detail in all the highlights. So they have improved that so much to the point where you don't really have to think much about taking a photo now. You just pretty much point and shoot. And I think the best example of this is when I still got my LG G4, I loved the camera to bits because it had a proper full-fledged manual mode. So I could really adjust everything to my liking and it worked. But then I think... I have almost never used the manual mode on my Huawei P30 Pro because it's now such a powerful device to the point where I don't need manual controls. In fact, sometimes my manual controls are inferior to what <laughs> the phone is going to do, you know? Like if I were to put my phone in manual mode, the HDR will always be worse than if I leave it in like auto in it's AI mode, you see AI? Yeah, That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 yeah. Like a lot is now going into this photography, but then, um, as much as images themselves are now getting better and better, I also feel like um, the the platforms in which we showcase these images are have not yet caught up to the quality. That the cameras produce. And so you'll see that if you if you take a photo with your phone and then send it to someone on WhatsApp, when they receive it on the other end, it's not gonna look anywhere near to as spectacular as it is when you sent it. But and isn't that this is due to you.
0: I was gonna say, isn't that a deliberate oh isn't that a deliberate move on on WhatsApp's end? Like you take a a 10 megabyte photo, like they don't want it to arrive as a 10 megabyte photo because to them, they're now saying, you know what, all this extra detail is really not necessary for you to convey what you want to convey to the other person. So we are going to remove um, some bit of detail, uh, which will in turn reduce the quality, which in turn reduces um, the file size. Uh, So is it, isn't it also that like they're deliberately compressing and having things come out differently than, than what you took on your phone?
1: Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. So, so to a greater extent, that's actually the case because of that would go down to the functionality of the app because what is a chat app? So they're like, hey, you want to communicate quickly and we want this app to work on a number of devices and be efficient on a number of devices. So we're going to have like, um, we're going to cap the amount of quality that you can share to a certain level, just so that the the user experience remains optimal to some extent. Um, But there are now some apps which are designed for sharing photos. So for example, Instagram is properly, Designed for that, and they even have some fancy filters in case you want to glamorize your photos even more so again on those it 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 then kind of uh, it then kind of ruins the mastery that the phone would have done because of how it then alters the picture in some way to either make it look more vibrant or and i I, I noticed a lot of it on on Twitter, yes, on Twitter. So with, the, with the, the image that I would upload on Twitter would always look just a little bit better, if I would say, than the image that I would have taken with my phone. And yeah, like it would slightly brighten up the dark bits and then slightly darken the really light highlights and then also do just a little bit of like color, color things going on in there. And... Yeah, like, it then ruins the, well, not ruins per se, because it's making it look better. But you, you can't now compare, um, in all fairness, which phone is taking the better photo. Because, for example, if a phone was already taking a photo that's uh, slightly on the saturated side, slightly more vibrant, and then it goes into a platform where the saturation, where more saturation is added on top, the picture yeah. now looks bad, but not because the camera took a bad photo, but because, yeah, <laughs> the, the platform did the things. And I think that also then biases a lot of photos that, um, that people upload because people then now say, ah, the iPhone photo was cool, but it's because the iPhone photo was a bit flat. Then Twitter was like, yeah, let's add a little bit of that. And then it suddenly looks perfect you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: So in the end, um, it's all subjective, as you said at the start. Um, just pick up a phone, shoot if you like what you see. Um, that's it. That's your best. Don't don't compare with with others because a whole lot can go on, including where you're seeing the picture on.
1: Uh, Ooh, yeah.
0: Hmm. Well, yeah, uh, I'm not a, a a big photographer, so like yeah, this is about as much as I would get into photography., uh, you got anything else gonna you, you wanna cover here? Yeah?
1: Oh no, I think I think that's it. that's it for now. That's it for now.
0: Hmm.
1: All right. Um, so yeah, uh, as always,
0: it was really good chatting with you. Um, thank you to everyone for listening. Let us know your thoughts uh, about what we talked about, so Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and then we also touched a bit about AI, you know the creepy stuff that's going on uh, or could go on because uh, there's some speculation in there. And then last but not least, which was on photography, you know how what's really at this camera and uh, what goes on when we're like taking pictures for us to end up saying, okay, this is my preference. Which is the question for the photography section. What's your preference um, in terms of photos? Do you like them natural or a bit with cut that, uh, <laughs> that say um, But yeah, uh, thanks for listening. And the handle is at So tweet us there with your thoughts and comments. It's yeah, supposed to say bye, Ed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: See y'all. See y'all in the next one. Oh yeah, and don't forget to just tell us whatever topics you want us to rant on because we can rant. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Cool. Um, bye. Thanks.